0: Welcome to the Grab the Coffee podcast. We're so glad you are joining us today. And if you didn't know, which you probably know, there have been a lot of things happening in the financial world as of late that kind of connect to this overall theme that we've been hearing since COVID really happened about the oncoming recession that they don't know when it's going to happen. They just keep pushing it off, but predicting it happening. And so Trent and I have been talking a lot about this because obviously being in our twenties, new employees, pretty much new in our career, it is kind of intimidating to like have to think about what is a recession. And although we the world has seen many recessions before, what does that look like for us? And Trent, what is some of like the background? Cause we were talking about this yesterday and you were telling me some of the, the tea on the earlier Recessions slash market situations that have happened in the past.
1: Yeah, so I I find this stuff like pretty interesting. I know I I think you like it more for the numbers, um, and just like overall finance stuff being like your accounting brain. Um, <laughs> but I mean I kind of like it just with like the decision making, like political policy, and just like yeah. the background and the conspiracy theories. Yeah, <laughs> um, so just. I don't know. There's always, like, maybe some hidden motives in the banking. But, so, uh, Silicon Valley Bank went under last week.
0: Yes. They officially, today's Friday, the, like, I don't know, 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And they officially declared bankruptcy. They filed for Chapter 11 today.
1: Okay. Now, I know, So so, just for, the government is bailing out the depositors so people that put their money into the bank in good faith like, like, like we have money in the bank that like that's our money and obviously whatever the bank does with it
0: to make after money it's gone yeah like that's like it,
1: yeah you know so like the people that had their money in there which is great because that's what they used to like pay payroll to their yeah. uh, employees so like you know people are just getting paid but I do enjoy it. Like the bank is going under. The the um, government has said they're not going to bail out the bank, which I think is good.
0: They're not going to like take over the bank.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it.
0: that's probably why they filed for Chapter Eleven today, yes, just because. So. But now they're going to. There be have been list.
1: some other banks that closed, but but just to just to go back um, as far as like kind of the lead up to the bank collapse because. In what was it the Great Depression, the Great Recession, which happened in 2008? There was a uh, I what mm-hmm. kind of led up to the bank or uh, just the overall like economy collapse, mm-hmm. um, bank closures is a pretty like common Key theme. Factor, yeah. yeah. Um, now, now my kind of take on this SVB or uh, situation is like. They got just super unlucky, uh. So SVB was—it's been around forever. Like I watched a U- YouTube video. I think it said like 1990, um, maybe before that. Uh huh. And the so, kind
0: of when tech started becoming kind of up and coming, because I know they concentrated mainly in tech and healthcare startups. Yes,
1: they were very like undiversified. So like. Almost all of their money came from, like, one industry, which is part of the reason that, like, kind of led to their downfall. So, um, when the tech, like, COVID hit, tech was, like, booming. Everyone was, like, work remote. Like, tech was, like, huge, huge. You're going to make th- billions if yeah, you work and in and then, tech. like, the tech bubble had just been growing, like... I saw so much stuff like, oh, if you invested in, like, these tech stocks in 2010, like, you, you've you made money every year. Like, it was free yeah. money. Free money is what they call it. It's never free money. Um, uh, So, they had all this money, and they were getting all this extra cash flow. And, you know, banks don't really keep cash flow. So, they did what was most people would consider smart. They put their money in government bonds, <laughs> which is... I think like day one econ 101 college like the safest safest thing you can do safest (laughs) thing you can put your money into and you know like that it's a long-term thing but the the issue with like kind of like that long-term like investment planning is, is like really difficult if you don't have like that cash flow yeah um so svb had all this money in government bonds and with the kind of inflation after the pandemic, the feds have just progressively just kept raising their rates uh, Mm -hmm. for everything. So I think it was like 3% um, as far as like the housing rates. I don't, I think it's the feds fund rate that uses it. I don't fully understand like all of it. Haven't looked into it, but, but I read they were like 17 billion. I think it could be million. I don't know. I don't remember. I want to say billion because it's a pretty big bank. Yeah. Under under money, so yes. they posted a 1.8 billion dollar loss, uh, oh, yeah. because they used um, their money to uh, pay off like some all the the stuff they owned because they didn't have any money, so just. Super unlucky, I guess. And then...
0: And then with all the tech stuff, kind of.
1: Yeah, tech slowed way down. There's been a ton of layoffs. Meta just announced more layoffs on top of their previous 10,000. So, like, that bubble has, like, almost completely burst. So then their their cash flow has slowed so much that they mm-hmm. couldn't make those payments. Yeah. and uh, Isn't
0: it funny how, like, literally any time they say something is, like, unbreakable, like... It's, it's always, it, it can't fail. fail. Yeah, like yeah. it always does fail. Too, too big
1: to fail. Yeah. And, and then,
0: oh, yeah. What do you know? Within like a year, it's like that thing fails. Yeah. I'd like say Whether it's the Titanic or, you know, just all these things that are too big to fail.
1: That's another conspiracy we can get into.
0: Okay. This uh. is <laughs> the Titanic <laughs> podcast. Although, <laughs> little tiny me would have loved the Titanic podcast.
1: Yeah. So. Conspiracy theory one hundred and one. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> they swapped the ships. They swapped the s- as the ship I- they the sunk ship? it as an insurance fraud. That's that's the theory. That's the theory. That sounds
0: like a lot of. Sh- it,
1: ships it doesn't. To it doesn't. Li- well, unlike the Titanic, it doesn't hold a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. It just just with that, and then, you know, like, like what we all learned about, and like the Great Depression is like when you see some people. And like in the Great Recession, when people started dumping the uh, mortgage securities, uh, like yeah. once one person does it, like everyone has yeah. to do it. And we were talking like about
0: this on our walk the other day. Like, you know, it's kind of that game where if one person... Doesn't take the money,
1: everyone's yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah,
0: but the minute someone takes the money, doesn't. Yeah, the minute someone takes the money, then like it's just a continual downfall. So like you either all have to trust each other or all not trust each other. But if you've like a, kind of like, I want to be safe, so I'm gonna run. Yeah. Then it's just like a downward. Yeah. Spiral. So,
1: in like, basic econ it's called the prisoner's dilemma it's basically like if both people make the like right choice like they could both be positive like these people like would have been fine Uh but they're not incentivized to ever do that because there's the they make it out better if they their money if out, they're, they're the if first one, so yeah. so you have to make the assumption that the other person is going to do what benefits them. So you need to pull your money out, so then you just you both lose, like yeah. Um, Isn't and that crazy same though? thing with the Great Recession when everyone was now that may have been inevitable after kind of learning more about like what they were doing, which kind of like goes into. A lot of, like, regulation changes were created out of the Great Recession in 2008. Um, and even stuff like Sarbanes-Oxley. I and mean, stuff like you work in tax with, like, Enron and everything. Yeah. And so...
0: Because the too-big-to-fail thing kind of um, failed. And so they needed to r- figure out that there had to be some regulations because ethics were not the foundation of some companies
1: and just kind of overall this whole situation like i've seen on the media that it's like oh like the the deregulation that happened in 2016 is the cause of this like the banks were too careless but also those deregulations allowed this bank to get big it's just they were a bit unlucky and maybe a bit careless in their diversity so yeah like almost like de- deregulation creates a scenario where they can make money yeah. make, and be be very successful keep growing but also there's a reason why these regulations exist Um, and c- I, I think they were small so they're not regulated at the same levels of like the big banks yeah. like JP Morgan yes. and Chase and there's another one
0: where like the whole world would fall apart if those <laughs> <But> banks fail but
1: <laughs> without like these big massive changes there's there's no incentive to make the change yeah like you have to have stuff break to be fixed like yeah um
0: i mean in anything in life kind of like if you don't if you don't fail at some point you're never going to grow because you're going to think you're doing just fine yeah until eventually i think it's inevitable that something's going to fail something is going to break and you just have to kind of take what comes and build from it because, I mean, a broken system can't go on forever.
1: Yeah, and then, so, like, just kind of, I know, like, the fears of a recession is just from, like, an overall standpoint because, like, I know both of us don't want to see people struggle. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I grew up, okay, all right, I don't know how many people are going to understand this, but I know Megan will, so for our sake, I just have to mention this, but growing up, we loved American Girl dolls, all right, and we watched Kit Kit Ridge a lot, okay, and Kit Kit Ridge, she was my girl, and she was in the Great Depression, and, you know, her dad worked in, like, I think he honestly worked at a bank, got laid off, and then she was wearing, uh, like, Bags as clothing because her family could no longer afford to like buy clothing oh, they that's like already made. Took the burlap like the sap- sacks, yeah. There you and, go. And, from the and she was and scooting around like trying to sell eggs and everything, and so, you know, now being an adult where I'm funding, you know, like we're funding our own life, and just thinking like, well, am I gonna have to go back to like burlap sacks and like selling eggs? You know, like, um, <laughs> that's like what my mind goes to. Like, what do you what do you do when a recession happens um, and how can we come out stronger on the other side? Because I was listening to a podcast yesterday where they were talking about the recession, how a recession is probably inevitable, although they it's been an ongoing conversation of when it's going to happen for the past three years. Um, and they've tried to navigate so it doesn't like crash and burn to where it's like a you know, slow and steady burn, which, you know. Half half dozen one way.
1: Yeah, and I I think that <laughs> the government has managed to do that, and that's kind of like why we're seeing the inflation. But like with the stimulus checks and, uh, all all of the things the government did, the the PPP loans to keep keep places open. So mm-hmm. it's almost like that's what the government's trying to do, and that's what they did in two thousand eight with the quantitative easing of, um, like reducing the price of like the long-term uh uh, just to create the um short-term
0: yeah um but money but that podcast i was listening to yesterday was talking about how throughout history like go back to the romans like any time in history there's always a season of high growth and then it does eventually have to fail like you go look at the roman empire whatever like it's going to grow and then it's going to fail but that although no one wants to fail like, no one's like, oh, I'm just really excited. Yeah, like, the economy's <laughs> crashing. So that's really cute. Um, that it needs to. Because, like, you can't grow. I think, one, you become complacent. And I think, I think we honestly saw this towards 2020. Everyone was getting nervous. Like, the stimulus checks and the economy pre-COVID was actually doing really well. And I think we saw a very a uh, spike in consumerism like yeah consumer products were just going through the roof and yes there was some supply chain issues but also companies were posting up like like their sales were increasing a ton because people just kept buying and i think when you have that and people feel like there's never like that there's a limitless amount of things they could buy that eventually that has to get stopped and the failing is not easy and it is scary and something we've both talked about is like you know you don't want to be the one impacted you don't want to see anyone impacted but you know how can we manage it to the best we can and you also you can't always live in fear for like every second of your freaking life
1: yeah it just like with the inc- consumer because i think just in america there's like that like lifestyle creep in the mm-hmm. consistency like the the new house new car new f- new phone new yeah new everything um it's just it's very one like you know you see people balling on social media and social i was talking about like this like Instagram, how much people will,
0: will use credit to fund that sort of lifestyle and it's just not sustainable And it's scary because when you do hit the recession, people do get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, what do you, (laughs) like, I just, it makes your heart hurt. But also, Mm -hmm. we can't just, in that sort of like, oh, we can just all live to be billionaires. Because then, you know, a bag of chicken nuggets, it's going to cost $200 because we all can't be billionaires.
1: Yeah. You know, might get up there.
0: (laughs) So, what is your (laughs) 200 bags per chicken? A bag of chicken nuggets, that'd be nuts. But what would you say is your biggest fear of a recession? I mean, obviously, like not having enough money or whatever, but what's kind of, I guess, not so much what's your greatest fear, but what's your greatest hope on the other side?
1: I know, like, It's just, it's, like, really hard, but, like, there's, there's a lot of potential in recessions to Mm. have, like, good things. Like, with the New Deal was, uh, in 1933 or 34 when FDR was elected, like, we had, like, the implementation of Social Security, um, maybe medicaid i'm not entirely sure but i know that it was like lo- but the
0: welfare start too around there or no yeah yeah okay. well uh,
1: social security like uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah uh i i think they increased it quite a bit um but even just like the social work projects uh mm-hmm. like parks infrastructure just to like the big thing there Try was to, to, to get to people stimulate. working yeah and uh it can lead to quite a bit i know in 2008 i know a lot of people they were because the housing market was huge at that time there's so many people flipping and uh just millions and millions of dollars that, that they were they were making but it tanked so hard that a lot of people were able to get houses that they Discount. didn't didn't think yeah <laughs> they didn't think they were going to be able to afford so i mean a, a, as far as a uh, potential benefit to it is if we are able to kind of stay in a solid financial position there is gains to be made now on the other hand
0: someone has to get hurt
1: it's almost like a transition of uh, what's the word i'm like like a, a redistribution of wealth though if like it creates a n- more opportunity for that top percent of wealth to purchase more stock more, port, stuff. more land yeah. uh you know with people going under if they foreclose on their houses that's just another opportunity <sighs> for big corporations to swoop in and or so sad. our Airbnbers. years uh yeah. so you know if we see a new rent increase but but also like You know, job layoffs, job opportunities—it kind of creates this uh, need for some like optimization and stuff that can be can be beneficial in a a corporate space.
0: Yeah, I think it's something that I always struggle with is like, okay, you—we see all this new technology that people keep saying like, oh, you know, this could lay off a lot of jobs, and they're just kind of waiting for companies to kind of take the financial risk to implement it. Right. And that's like, it takes a big moment kind of like how COVID got a lot of people to work at home and kind of forced that change in what would be the traditional kind of structure. So if a recession, if companies are able to get extra cash and invest it into technology I just wonder, like, what would be the, what would the job market look like on the other side of that? Because jobs have to be created somehow. You can't just have a bunch of people just like floating around, just like no one can ever find a job. Because then you can't ever stimulate the economy. There's no cash flow.
1: Yeah, people need money to work.
0: Yeah, so because like, if you're gonna stimulate the economy, there has to be just constant, you know, movement of cash. And how do you do that if? So like that's why I sometimes struggle with technology is like it's going to take away jobs and then also like hearing a recession and I think that's why sometimes I get probably too fearful about a recession is because I'm like, well, what does this look like for the world as a whole for like people? People that are doing an amazing job at, you know, an Amazon facility. Like they could be doing that with a lot of dedication and heart but if someone decides to take the the money and invest it into technology where they Ro- don't have to pay the person. The robots and yeah. Uh, like or with the chat bot or whatever, like what are the jobs they're gonna create. But I also think we've talked about this of like work life balance. That I also think companies should have struggled to value employees and we've started to see that shift and to fully force companies over to, like, force change, something big has to happen. And you brought up, you said, like, someone tried to put in a bill.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We we have a U.S., I think a House rep, because I just don't think anyone in the Senate would ever be brave enough to bring this to the floor. But (laughs) um, there was a, someone in Congress proposed a, uh, a law that I'm sure it wouldn't like outlaw a five day work week, but maybe like make like the four day work week, like the standard. Yeah, because there's been a ton of success with it overseas. Like, I think, I
0: think they've seen increases in productivity from the financial things I follow. Like they've talked about that.
1: I'm sure I I can you imagine how nice but a four day so work week would be? I think it's so interesting
0: because I feel and I've told you a lot about this is Although I think there are some benefits to capitalism, I think one of the negative things that we're seeing right now is it makes people extremely selfish. And I don't think you can do that forever if, because people could just continually want more, 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 more. And, you know, that's why people don't want to have a four day work week because there's going to be gonna someone working five. Yeah. And and I've, I've also told you this, like some older guy, it's going to be like, well, I had to work like that, so you should work like that. But be like, well, maybe you shouldn't have. Like, <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a personal problem. And s- things don't have to stay away some way just because that's the way we've always done it. Like, that's just such a terrible perspective. Yeah. Well, so but I just think we have to s- at some point implement change and I think there's change needed and so although a recession is very intimidating to me and sometimes I just like all panic at work because I'm like man like is the recession gonna how is it gonna impact us but also like I at some point like is that's what is that what is needed to enforce change
1: yeah and i know we talked on our previous podcast just being like really risk adverse but like there is absolutely like nothing we can do to <laughs> control yeah, anything yeah, like so it's like you know whatever happens, happens impact, yeah like, like
0: i don't know <laughs> and i like to also remind myself like this has happened many a times before like throughout history there's been a probably a billion recessions and all this. Yeah. I so was actually there was We're not g- we're not the first to have to live through this. In Although I feel like the news, sorry. I feel like the news yeah. does want you to believe that this is like Well, they the get they get matters. all the money I from know. the
1: doom and gloom. There was a uh, in like 1900s there was tulips in like France or somewhere uh-huh. were like so popular people bought like I I guess like in advance, they purchased, like, I want this many, like, flowers or whatever. Uh-huh. So then, but like, something like killed all the tulips or whatever. So oh. they had all this money Tough. and it just, it like completely caused like a little mini recession just because so many people wanted to buy flowers.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: It was pretty interesting. I don't remember what it was called. That's crazy. Maybe we put a link to it. In yeah. The,
0: you know. Yeah. I'm curious too because, like, that's why they're the but best like flower. They. It just happens all the time, and, you know, people still make it out. You know, it, it is hard, but we're all going to have to go through hard at some point. And what's the fun in an easy life, you know? Sometimes, random side note, that's, like, what I've talked to people about. Like, sometimes what I get scared about of, like, the idea of heaven. Like, because I think pain is so critical to, gr- like, to growth. You know, you got to fail. It's got to hurt. And then you come back on the other side of that, and you're like... I did it. Like, when I'm training for a marathon right now, uh, it sometimes hurts. But then sometimes I think about, like, when I cross that finish line and I just, you know, I can just be like, I did it. Like, I did it.
1: So you think those benefits, like, kind of going through it and just seeing, like... Yeah. you know, Like,
0: like we lived through it. We made it out. You kind of get that confidence that, like, okay, I've done this before. The next time we go through it, we have a little bit more experience. So I think this time, and I'm sure, you know, people out there who went through 2008 are like, uh, no, it's still scary. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, like never having gone through any sort of, because like even the dot-com bus in 2000, you know, like all these things where there's a downturn and, being first timers in what could be something like that it is very intimidating I feel like because you just don't know what it looks like you've never been through it you've got nothing to back it up you just got you just have a book to kind of help you understand it um, and so I think that's what's but it it's also kind of exciting if you are able to reframe it in a way of like I can use this as a learning opportunity I know that if 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 we go down we're going to come back up stronger. And so taking that perspective, instead of like the doom and gloom, like we're all going to just melt into the world and it's all going to go downhill from here. And there's just no recovery. And if you listen to the news a little too much, like that's what you're going to get. And maybe I'm an optimist, but I just like to think that, you know, we can make better out of it and that we need better. Like, I've told you this, but, like, consumer culture, like, it just sometimes hurts my heart. One, because of the environment. Like, all the poor chicken nuggets out there just getting wrecked. Like, the sea turtles just getting wrecked. Yeah. Well, that's, like, that's
1: like the hardest thing. I think, like, people that struggled in 2008, like, the U.S. was, like, super badly affected, but, w- w- like, where the U.S. economy goes, like, the whole world goes. Yeah. And it was similar in, like, the great depression great recession mm-hmm. like when they struggle then everywhere else struggles even harder like the smaller countries that rely on imports or exports i guess they're yeah. not importing a ton uh and then areas of like massive um it's not like inflation there's another term that's worse than inflation where like the rate goes like so much higher that like your money becomes absolutely worthless and like you can't buy a single thing i can't think of the term right now
0: but insert word here
1: yeah (laughs) um that happened in a uh, country i think in like north africa
0: yeah so do you think a recession brings out people's like quote-unquote true colors no you don't think so like does it make people inherently better like from not like a financial standpoint or whatever but from like a human perspective does it make people like softer instead of because I think that's I just hate how sometimes capitalism feels like it just makes people real greedy and really needy and the other podcast I listened to with Deepak Chopra, you know, he was talking about how we've used our imaginations to create so much, so many amazing things, but haven't done anything to, you know, have world peace. Like, we haven't used our imaginations to create something that's like
1: good for everyone.
0: Yes. And so do you think a recession makes people focus more on A togetherness instead of a me me me
1: I think it's almost the opposite I would say that yeah I think people just do because it's like they do what they have to do because they're forced to or they're desperate
0: so do you think if people how so what has to shift from an economic perspective to get people or is it just like it's never going to happen people are always going to be greedy
1: I think it'd be like a mindset shift like we need we have what we need we need to help other people how do you get there I don't think it's possible
0: you don't think so yeah isn't that sad like why can't we all just want to add a little bit of like love and lightness into the world you know I just makes my heart sad sometimes because I think that's what the world needs you know
1: Yeah, I would agree. Just so many people getting to that point. It's just so difficult to do.
0: Yeah, Uh, and it's always, people always are just going to want more.
1: But it all starts with one person. I know, like, some of the stuff within, like, kind of in economic downturn is you have people that step up and, like, open charities or taking donations or come up with different creative ways to get people the support they need.
0: I I hope that's what we do instead of just focusing on like a, even if we we get directly impacted, you know, because there is that chance. Like we could be one of the people that are severely impacted, but that we shift it as an opportunity to find a creative way to do good instead of be like, oh, no, the world's falling apart. I'm falling apart. I'm going to focus on some negative thoughts and just be in my own like deep hole, which is easy to get into. Like, trust me, I've been there, done that. And instead focus on, like, those higher thoughts.
1: Yeah. And the people that were directly affected in 2008, I know. Like, there was that big shift where almost, like, there was so much competition for jobs that, like, entry-level jobs became, like, you needed, like, three or four years of experience or whatever. Because yeah. there was just so much of those people available. But, but those people that were directly affected and struggled through it, they are now probably in a better situation mm-hmm. where an economic downturn, it's just, I think it's either easier to have like sympathy mm-hmm. or, sorry, empathy. Um, I, I
0: can never, I say both, I always say both of them together. Cause I'm like, I have no idea which one means which. Yeah.
1: Um, but uh, hopefully they're in a position now where they, cause they know, the struggle so like it'll help other people um through next recession now not saying not saying the baby boomers were a little selfish but i think there was quite a long period between uh you know the 50s and the 2008 and i don't think i think there was one in maybe the 70s so It was kind
0: remembering to focus on The positives and not look at the doom and gloom and also because we don't know when it's going to happen and like Trent said like there's nothing we can do to control it like it is so far out of our hands that our choice is how we're going to act in it and you know you can quote prepare but like at the end of the day you can't really prepare I don't think
1: yeah and it presents an opportunity where you can become closer with friends, closer with family, especially and especially moving
0: into the basement. Yeah, yeah, you know, shout out, <laughs> mom, dad. <laughs> um, Something does happen, we're moving in. We'll take the bedroom right next to you guys. you yeah, We
1: have what plan B, C, and D.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just rotating around. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Catch us next week and check the link in the bio for all the other details on our socials and websites, etc. See you next week!